Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. rabbi. Rav Cook describes spiritual climates and different systems of and approaches to spirituality create different spiritual climates. The Jewish spiritual climate that he calls Avir Ruchani Yisraeli. This is the natural spiritual habitat for Haneshama HaYisraelit, the Jewish soul. So he says, Haneshama HaYisraelit, Tzricha Lichyot Ba'avir Ruchani Yisraeli. The Jewish soul must live in a Jewish spiritual climate. This image of a climate is a useful one because it doesn't confine Jewishness to a text or a practice, but rather it sees those and more as contributing to an overall environment from which a person would ultimately draw their life force and their well-being. Parenthetically, that's why a Jewish home is so much more impacting on someone than, for example, a synagogue or a school. I might visit a synagogue or a school and for the moment absorb and live within the climate which is established there. But I have to wonder if a brief visitation to those locations could override the more pervasive exposure that I get when I'm at home. So if my home has and is a Jewish spiritual environment, then that can keep me healthy even if I am momentarily exposed to other environments. And, unfortunately, the opposite. If my home is not a positive Jewish spiritual climate, then even if I visit momentarily and occasionally to other more positive Jewish spiritual environments, that might not have the power to override the negative impact of the environment in which I spend most of my time. And again, I want to emphasize that Jewish spiritual environment may be affected by text and practice and holidays and the like, but I suspect that Rav Cook is referring to literally an environment, a climate. How are these texts and ideas and practices integrated into the people who are there? How is the speech, how are the interactions infused or not infused by that Jewish spiritual environment? So even if I have a home in which we practice and we learn, if the practice and the learning doesn't make it into the way that we interact, into the vibe, as it were, of the household, then it might not become a Jewish spiritual environment. End parentheses. Rav Cook writes, that a change in climate will obviously have a negative effect on an organism. Many plants and animals require a very specific environment in order to live and to thrive. And if you were to take a plant, for example, that requires tropical climate and transplant it to a place that doesn't have a tropical climate, it won't thrive. I know that because we have a literal avocado tree in our living room and it is not doing well to my chagrin because that would indeed be a great pleasure to have daily fresh avocados growing in my backyard. 
But it's not going to happen because Island Sharon and Sharon is not tropical. And, says Rav Cook, the same applies to a human being and specifically to the spirit of a human being. That a human being requires the climate that is attuned to their particularity so that they can grow and thrive. And when you move something which requires climate A into climate B, it may not do so well. So Rav Kook writes, Shinui ha'avir mikor l'chom u'michom l'kor beruchaniyut, the changing of the environment or the climate from cold to hot or from hot to cold in ruchaniyut, in spirit, in spirituality. Maziku l'abriyut ha'neshama, this damages the health of the neshama, of the soul. Kemo shetzinim pachim maziki maguf, just as chills will damage the body. V'shur b'naf shor yachak midarach ikesh zeh. And a person who is concerned about the well-being of their nefesh, of their psyche, of themselves, will distance themselves from this stubborn path, meaning insisting on placing oneself in a climate and in an environment which is not attuned to the well-being of their spirit, of their ruach. This specific climate provides the food and the nourishment that this soul needs. And therefore, v'chreachu tamid Therefore, it is necessary to satiate the soul through the good which is hidden within the treasure houses and the storehouses of the life of Israel. There are at least two things contained in that sentence that need to be seen and understood. One of them is that this is where the nourishment is for the Jewish soul. It is in the Otsar Chaim, the treasure house of life of Israel. And by life, I think Rav Kook means literally how we live, the day-to-day, the things we do, that there is goodness there. But the second thing he's telling us is that it might not be immediately clearly accessible. It might be hidden there, and we might have to work at it in order to to extract the life force that we need from there for our soul. And with this, Rav Cook recommends against seeking sustenance in what he calls foreign fields, b'sidei acher, not because it violates some religious tenet to do so, but because the soul will become weak and will become sick. That other field is simply not an environment and a climate that is conducive to the well-being of the Jewish soul. Mysteriously, though, Rav Kook does offer some advice for how to gain nourishment in other fields. And he says, Ki im la hadrushim ha'aklimim Unless a person has all of the means, the tools or tactics or approaches that a person would need in order to protect themselves from illness that's likely to come from the change of climate. So just like a person can venture into environments and climates that are very different from where they are most healthy and are strongest, if you have the right clothes, you can go to Antarctica. But the mistake comes when a person simply thinks they can stroll onto these foreign fields and be at home and simply 
extract the life force that they need from there. Rather, a person would need to know consciously that they are entering into a climate and an environment which is not automatically and directly conducive to their spiritual well-being, and they would need to prepare accordingly and take certain actions and preparations and precautions in order to be able to enter into this other environment and absorb the nutrients that are there. When you know that a particular climate or environment is not going to directly nourish and feed, you can prepare accordingly and be nourished. But for Rav Cook, this is very different from the Jewish spiritual climate that does automatically provide that nourishment and does not require those kinds of preparations. Though, as we said before, it might still take work in order to extract the nourishment and the life force from that climate. So there's something powerful here that Rav Cook is acknowledging the possibility and viability of entering into other spiritual climates He just wants us to know that that's not home. That is not the ground from which we were built and designed to thrive. And this would be an incredible starting point for the conversation that we obviously have to have about how so many Jewish environments are not nourishing and about how so many Jews seek their nourishment in other spiritual disciplines and practices and lineages. And may we be blessed to have those conversations and to do the work in order to turn our Jewish environments into directly and genuinely nourishing places to be. Amen.